0: Nosy Nancy's is a true crime podcast that deals with real-life situations. If you are sensitive to any of the trigger words, this is not the podcast for you. Listener discretion is advised.
1: All you nosies. I'm Aliqua. And I'm Jasmine and welcome to a special episode of Nosy Nancy's.
0: Yeah, if you think this is the beginning of season two,
1: we're here to crush your dreams because you, it's not. Uh um, you're wrong. That's all that needs to be said.
0: That's what we do. We crush people's dreams and hopes and that's how we that's how we stay so young looking. Yeah. <laughs> This is going to be a pretty cool episode. It's basically like a recap on season 1. But the cool thing is that we have a special guest today. His name is Brett and he is a retired police officer.
1: How are you doing, Brett?
2: I'm good. How are you ladies?
1: Doing great.
2: Ever since y'all reached out to me, I have been looking forward to this.
1: Yeah, I'm really
0: excited to get your opinion just as like a um as a former uh, officer of like you know of of what you think has been happening it was really funny because i uh i texted jasmine and i go oh what what about what about if we put bread on and you know he's a retired leo and she goes she, she goes she goes oh he's a leo <laughs> <laughs> and i was like uh she goes well i'm just a libra so i don't know <laughs>
2: First time I mentioned Elio to Deanna, she was like, what does Leo have to do with being a cop? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm an officer, and she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm glad her and well, I are on the same page. All that beauty. Not a lot of brains. We she gotta got, love it. It's true. We gotta love it. <laughs> No, well, uh, you're super
0: smart. Okay. Um, before I... before, Are you I, talking like, to Brad
1: or to me? <laughs>
2: You. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I know she wasn't talking to
0: Brett. Smart. Oh, this is going really well. Okay. Um, so, Brett also has a uh, podcast. It's called Hard Lessons. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast?
2: Yeah. So, I uh, co host it with my, my gorgeous Brad Deanna, and he is a school teacher we had talked about doing a podcast for close to two years and kept coming up with these different ideas and, and running them by folks finally came up with the idea of well, what if we use your job as a teacher? And I mean, cause there's thousands of true crime pod- podcasts out there.
0: Oh, so, and so many,
2: so many and, and some, some great ones. And, yeah. uh, came up with this idea of using her job as a teacher. So basically her role on the podcast is she plays a teacher and, um, whatever subject I'm giving a, uh, uh, the episode is about, I present it like I'm a student in her class doing a book report.
0: I've I've listened to well all your episodes really, but um, and it's I do like the format of it and how she has to like
1: give you a a grade at the end of each
0: episode. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. Thank you. I'm I'm glad that Jasmine doesn't do that to me because she'd fail me every time. I mean, I can only seduce her so many times.
2: (laughs) 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 You know, gotta reach into that bag of tricks.
1: Yeah. go down deep. Oh, oh Lord! Uh. Okay. Well, this, is, this is not that type of podcast. Brett. Okay, oh, my bad, my bad. All right. You and Deanna just celebrated your twenty-second anniversary. Seconds. Yes, ma'am. That's terrific. What uh, What advice do you have for long-lasting relationship like that?
2: Always say yes.
1: Oh, that's it. Regardless say of yes, what it ma'am. is.
2: Yeah. No. Um, you know, just uh take one day at a time. There's gonna be good, there's gonna be bad, but uh just be there and support each other like y'all are the only two people on earth.
1: Mm. That's great advice. I'll take it.
0: Well look, I'm the worst at relationships, okay? Like I Cannot. I don't know. I just, man. I'm. I'm like a wild mustang. You can't rope this. This beast up.
2: <laughs> Can, yeah. Can't just contain the one person. You know. That's right. Got to spread right. the love.
0: I gotta spread the love. The CDC is calling me. Hold on. <laughs> um, I love. I love love. I just am not very great at it. I know some. Maybe. Of those guys. I know. Look <laughs> right anyway i don't want to talk about i don't want to bring up past things past relationships but um i was really uh yeah it's really it's really f- refreshing to like to see people still be in the same relationship for years you know
1: yeah i think yeah. a lot of people these days it's like i don't know what it is but it's just hard for two people to make it work like that anymore so it's always nice to know of a couple who's doing it and doing it together and that's really sweet
2: you know my mom and dad in december will be celebrating their 58th wedding anniversary damn and i've got an older brother who is on his third marriage um and they they so they got married in june and then we got married in october so they they celebrated their 22nd back in june
1: wow
2: and then both Deanna and I this is the second marriage for the both of us and so we just celebrated our 22nd and then I've got a younger sister who has been divorced for about 25 years and she's had relationships along the way but she's 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 engaged now to a great guy and uh and so um yeah, we always joke around that mom and dad didn't didn't teach us the the uh secret to a lasting relationship. It took took us all a couple of marriages to figure it out.
0: So what you're saying is that there's a chance. <laughs> there's a <laughs> let's, let's bring it back to me, Brett. You know what I mean? Like, don't give up, up on about- love.
1: Don't give up on no. love aliqua. There's a chance.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about I mean, not that I don't love love, but um, i'm over it so let's let's go uh can you tell us more about like your background in, in law enforcement and how long you're on the force and what what uh where you were you know um working as a police officer at
2: yeah yeah so um i went to the police academy through amarillo college uh panhandle regional law enforcement academy graduated in december of 96 oh yeah i'm old that
0: <sighs> was i was like wow i was i was so young then um. <laughs> <laughs> I, much,
2: I was uh, i was like i was 25 when i graduated
0: oh. well we don't need to talk we don't need to talk about how that we don't need to talk about that
2: <laughs> i think Back i was like
0: yeah, I think I was 12. Um but hey, uh are you the only person in your immediate family that was part of the law enforcement or is that kind no. of like a family thing?
2: No, I was I was uh I was the first uh, well, and only so far uh as far as being in the field. Um my my older brother I was talking about a minute ago. He has been with uh, Texas Department of Corrections, the prison system here in Texas, for thirty plus years. Okay. So he's been in the corrections end of law enforcement. Yeah. So we used to joke around that I'd catch him and and he'd watch him. <laughs> and all, but uh, but yeah, uh we're we're the only two. Um, my dad's best friend. Was in law enforcement for close to forty years. Uh, he was a sheriff of one of the local counties, and I can I can remember as a kid sitting in his patrol car and and thinking, you know, I'm I'm going <laughs> to drive one of these one day. This this is what I want to do. So it it was a lifelong dream of mine to become a cop.
0: Were you like part of the sheriff's department, or did you work for the city?
2: um so I, I worked for three total agencies uh in my time i went uh to work first for uh the Hutchison county sheriff's office in border Texas.
0: what the uh, fuck I've never even heard of that yeah place. i've never heard of that it's uh it's
2: it's 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 a nice county um it's about thirty miles to the west of pampa and okay, about okay about 40 miles northeast of amarillo
0: northwest texas is that what you're saying
2: uh, yeah, yeah yeah i'm in, okay. I'm in the panhandle so okay we're, we're much up here in between new mexico oklahoma and kansas
1: and how uh, how many years were you there
2: uh for Hutchison county just a year okay and then i went to work uh I kinda had a falling out with the sheriff. <clears throat> and so I I was young and hot headed and uh, there is a small town north the border called Stanette, And the chief they have a police a small police I mean, when I say small I mean small. It was a chief of police and two patrolmen. And that oh, was yeah. it for the entire police department. And he he saw my frustrations one night and he said, you know, I do have a patrol position open, so I uh, I left Hutchison County and, and went to work for the Net Police Department. I worked there for about two and a half years. I was born and raised here in Pampa. And okay. had gone to a, uh, a training and the chief of police from Pampa was at that training and he, he was one of my instructors in the academy and he asked me how things was going. I was explaining, I was telling him everything and he said, well, how, how's, your, how's your wife adjusting being wife of a cop? And I said, well, we've actually separated and, and filed the paperwork to divorce. And, yeah, yeah. and he was like, well, I've got some positions open if you ever thought about coming home. And so I thought, you know, that sounds pretty good. So. I moved back to Pampa in 2000, late 2000, early 2001, and went to work for Pampa PD in, in February 2001 and stayed here till 2008. And that's when I stepped out of law enforcement.
0: When you are you are training to be a police officer, train you to deal with, you know, I mean bodies, right? I mean, they... They kind of have to tell you like what to do, right? I mean,
1: there's yeah. some kind
0: of what what what's what's the training like for that?
2: Well, and I'm sure with technology, it's gotten better now. Um, mm-hmm. But when I was going through the academy, they they basically just kind of gave you the basics of what you need to know as far as as bodies. Uh, we didn't see any. While I was in the Academy, we did see like autopsy photos and and the instructors told us, you know, this, there's nothing pretty about these can't force you to look at them. There's going to come a time where you're going to see this yeah. and it's, it's going to be this bad or worse. Now I went to the Academy. It was mainly pictures and videos mm-hmm. with, with dead bodies
0: that's surprising because it's like, what, how are you supposed to, I guess, I guess they expect you to learn mostly from just being in the field.
2: Yeah. And that's, that's what, uh, one of our main instructors, uh, told us, he said, we're going to give you the basics that you need to know to pass the, uh, state test. Um, and then whatever department you go to work for, that's where you're gonna get your knowledge and okay. your experience.
1: How were you trained like to handle if you responded to a call and there was a dead body there? Was there any specific training that you were given like what you were supposed to do?
2: You know, I was I was very lucky when I went to work for uh, Hutchison County. Um, my training officer was my shift captain and he was very knowledgeable and uh he was real like laid back and uh didn't really get rattled too much he kept his composure extremely well
0: oh yeah that's important that's really important
2: very important i i know a lot of guys that over the smallest of calls will just flame right up, you know, and, and, and get nervous, and, and those are the type of officers I always hated to go on calls with, but... Uh, well, that's
0: that seems like that would lead to, like, more of a chance of, of a, a police officer being, you know, brutali- with police officer yeah. brutality, like, exactly. just kind of flying yeah flying off the handle and and being too aggressive and stuff like that so that that is really fortunate that you
2: yeah and uh captain Forseth told me i like one of my very first yeah he said you know you get called to a dead body scene and it's called in as a suicide Um, i don't care if you get there and they have the rope tied around their neck and they're hanging and I, I apologize. Usually I start when I start talking about this, I say, you know, hey, I'm about to mention suicide. And
0: oh, if that's
2: I okay. You, I apologize. But uh, uh, he told me, you know, they're hanging there with the rope still around their neck. And it's obvious that it is. He said, I want you to start out at the top as, okay, this guy was murdered. And then work your way down. Okay. He said, because you can always... Um, he said that he had, he personally had been on calls that were called in as a suicide, but as they got there and started looking at things, you know, this guy was murdered and was staged to look like a suicide. So he said, you can always come down, but you can't always go up.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So
2: right. he said, start at the top always and work your way down. And and that's on any call, you know. Uh, right. And so I, that, I took that to heart. The 10 and a half, 11 years that I was in law enforcement, I, any call I went on while I was on my way there, I would think, OK, you know, this is what can go bad. This is what can go good. Uh, if this happens, you know, kind of following like a uh, a chain of command tree. OK, so if this happens, then I go this direction and do this. Or if this happens, I'll come over here and do that. If that doesn't work, then I come back over here. And, and so you yeah. kind of
1: kind
0: of play it out.
2: So when you get there, you're not totally shocked,
1: right? Uh,
0: basic. That's like basic police work. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I make jewelry. You know, I'm just a.
1: <laughs> but like, I feel like that's like pretty. That's that's good police work. Do yeah. You, did you? Do you feel like, um, with your training, that that's also the way that like the Austin police department was trained to handle the cases, or do you feel like they just kind of push, pushed it all the way to suicide immediately? Wait, wait, before you ask that, before you answer that,
0: I want to, I want to ask, cause this could be a follow, this could be prerequisite to that, but okay, did you in your time ever <laughs> get called for a drowning?
2: Um, i didn't um Hutchison county has a, a a huge lake uh uh-huh. that, that was actually had the nickname at one time the Widowmaker uh lake meredith it it's a beautiful lake and and um but when i was there we were going through a drought and so it was extremely shallow and they weren't allowing any boats or anything on it mm and so i mean we did get calls out there of uh like somebody would find a body you know they'd be out there hiking and they would find a body and we would follow those steps you know okay look well this guy obviously didn't just come out here to die and sometimes you know that was the case you know but i think there was three of them if i remember right uh uh, one of them was a missing man from Amarillo. I remember, like Amarillo uh, crime coming over and taking over the scene, and yeah. So I didn't work any drownings.
0: So, so to go back to Jasmine's question, uh, I don't know. I I forget which <laughs> what the what question was say? about how yeah. how Austin PD handled. Yeah,
1: yeah. Do you feel do you feel like they were taught the same as you, like to automatically assume that the that the call could have been potentially a murder first and then work your way down to suicide? Or do you feel like they just kind of brushed it off? Like, Oh, well it's an, you know, it's for sure either a suicide or an accident.
2: As an outsider looking in, um, I, I think they, I think they did just stick with the suicide. (laughs) Like they had, they were, they had that mindset. Um, I mean, I just, I don't see how in some of the cases you could say that that person committed suicide.
0: Do you think Mm. that's common? Do you think that's like a common thing in law enforcement where, where police, especially like in bigger cities where police officers are just like, well, I don't know. Or, you know, have you seen that before?
2: I have, unfortunately, and, and it is more of a, of a bigger city, uh, situation, um, you know, I mean, they're they're just, and and I'm I'm sure there's some good officers in Austin PD. Oh um,
0: sure, yeah.
2: Um, but, you know, they're under so much pressure. Uh, to, well, we got to get this solved. We got to get this case this closed. You know, what are you doing with this? What are you doing with that? And then you know, and then they've got other cases behind that that are stacking up. And, right. And not everybody's running to be a cop nowadays and so they're short and um I think there is a tendency to be like, Well, let's go ahead and close this one out. It, it was a suicide. Right. That's just my personal opinion also, but um I'm not the smartest man in the world.
0: Do you feel like we're interrogating you?
2: <laughs> I feel like oh, hey, I no. feel like we- <laughs>
0: I feel like we are. I'm the I'm oh, yeah? the bad cop and, and Jasmine's yeah. the good cop. Hello.
2: Well that would be why I'm sweating so much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hey, that's us. We are intimidating. Yes. Okay.
2: <laughs> Very much so. But not detrimental. So I, yeah, I feel like <laughs> <not
1: bad. laughs> Only to ourselves. <laughs> I feel like A lot of the cases that we covered last season, too, like it a lot of the family members, it seemed like weren't informed like for days or even weeks, like even when a body had been identified. And also, it seemed like the family members were doing a lot of legwork, like as far as the investigation portion, like gathering security evidence and everything. Is that something that typically as far as you know is that typically how they're handled cases like that
2: no um as a matter of fact i had a chief of police one time and um we had had a um a murder and um the family was like hey you know we found this out and we found that out and blah 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 and the chief went to the detectives and said well maybe i should just uh Give them a badge in your job. You know wow. why are, they, are that family doing your job for you?
0: Why are they? <laughs> you know, like why are they? Yeah, yeah. How,
2: how do I? How do? How do you answer that?
0: Um. Do you think that there, um, as as a former police officer, do you do you think that there is a problem with police brutality? Do you? I mean, do you think that there needs to be like a police reform and and how we like uh, train our officers.
2: Absolutely. Um, One of the things that stuck out most to me when I was going through the academy, my dad's friend that was a sheriff, he was also one of the instructors. And he said something that stuck with me that uh, you live in a glass house, being in law enforcement, everybody knows that you're a cop in your community everybody's watching you Uh, and so you know you have to you have to hold yourself to that higher standard and like I never worked for a big city like Austin or Minneapolis or in my time as a cop I pulled my gun on people I never had to shoot anybody Uh, maybe I can count on one hand, the number of fights that I was in, in my career, you know, and it's just all in how you, you handle people or how you deal with them verbally. You don't show up like you're bigger than them, better than them. Um, never show up alone because, you know, as, as an old saying in law enforcement goes, John Wayne is dead and, uh, everybody needs backup now.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: And so, you know, you have that accountability um, and not to get off on all that, but like that the situation in Minneapolis, how those other officers could just stand by while he choked him out.
0: Are, are you talking about uh, uh, George Floyd? Floyd? Yeah, yes, George. Ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, I think that was <laughs> really like the straw that kind of broke everybody's back. You know what I mean? I. You saw it in, with Rodney King in 1994 was it ninety four ninety two in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, same thing. Like, there's obviously a problem, and it and it goes beyond what's happening here in in Austin. Obviously, with with just the lack of police work and training, and it I, unfortunately it kind of is all tied in together. Right. You know, what were we supposed to do as a society other than to you know, um defund the police department. Like what what else could we have done as as civilians to say, hey dudes, like get your shit together. We're sick of people dying. We're we're sick of minorities dying. Right. Really is what it is.
2: Enough's enough. You yeah.
0: Know. It's yeah. It's
2: time for change.
0: I know we need policemen. I know we need civil servants that are gonna protect us and and keep some kind of civility because there are shitty people out there, obviously. You know what I mean? But right. whatever's happening now isn't working. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Exactly. exactly.
0: You know, and and I don't know I I don't know what the solution is, obviously, because I'm just a girl. But like
1: <laughs>
0: But I mean what the fuck you know like what the fuck like what what were we supposed to do the police i feel like especially in austin which is which is kind of laughable because what had happened is we defunded them but then we refunded them in 2021 immediately you know and in texas we defund the public school system every fucking year yeah and nobody nobody bats a goddamn eye because you know it's just oh who gives a shit it's just our children right exactly just
2: the future
0: i feel like the austin police department is is still really fucking pissed that we defunded them that one time you know it was that one time you know and like and what were we supposed to do other than protest and to hold money we we can't we can't physically like we can't even protest without people getting killed there was a kid who got hit in austin downtown austin during one of the riots with a fucking beanbag, and it, and it, and it, broke open his skull and he was like 21 and he died
1: yeah i saw a bunch of people getting shot like in the fucking face with the beanbags like at close range several people had to be taken to the hospital i know one lady i don't know if it was in austin or not but i feel like maybe so but one lady had to have like it surgically removed
0: i mean i i had a friend at the time who was who was going to the protests and stuff and and One of her friends actually was, I forget her name, but she was hit by a rubber bullet um, pretty hard. Uh, According to my friend at the time, she did say that they were not using the rubber bullets correctly, where you're supposed to shoot the rubber bullet down on the ground, and then it's supposed to ricochet and hit your target. And from her eyewitness accounts, and what I've heard online, of course, I mean, you can't always go by, by that, but I mean hello i can't i i kind of trust that over what the police are saying right um they weren't they weren't shooting them correctly or or utilizing those rubber bullets correctly and that's that's a fucking issue that's a really big issue
2: sad to hear um as a former cop and i i i deanna and i was talking about this this week sometime i'm not sure when but <clears throat> um uh, That's still one of my biggest regrets, is walking away from law enforcement when I did. You might have a hundred good officers and one bad officer, and that one bad officer is going to shine brighter than the hundred good officers. Yeah, And that's what's going to be the focus. And we had an officer, obviously can't give out names or anything, but he ended up doing jail time because he pulled over a suspected drunk driver one night, and, and she was, instead of taking her to jail. or what, And I was on duty this night, and I, I remember it just like it was yesterday. And this was like back in 2002 or 2003. I was on duty with him. He was my partner. We were working night shift. It was probably 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. He pulls her over. I asked him, I get on the radio and say, hey, do you need help you I mean, come over there and he said no this is good i'll, I'll be done in a minute and i said
1: okay oh shit. yeah so
2: instead of taking her to jail he was like you know you go check into this hotel room and get <laughs> you a room or night, or i'm taking you to jail and so she did and when he got off duty the next morning instead of going home he went to her hotel room Mm-mm. to quote, unquote, make sure she was still there.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. Right.
2: And, and so not only did he get in trouble, I mean, I didn't get <laughs> in trouble, but I mean, I was brought in and questioned by the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers investigated it. I was brought in and questioned because I was on duty. The shift lieutenant actually ended up retiring because it, it was under his, his watch. You know, he's the shift lieutenant. And this is a guy that had spent 30 years with our department and had never had an issue, you know. But he was forced into retirement, and- Because
0: the the actions of the other guy?
2: Yeah, because the actions of somebody that was under his watch um, was was unlawful, and he was supposed to be keeping an eye on them, and uh, you know, so it affects everybody.
1: What do you think is the difference between someone like you, Brett, and someone who's going to use their position of authority to just be unlawful and and just do pretty much whatever they want to do because they've got a badge and and a gun?
2: I think it has a lot to do with personality. I'm 52 years old, and I still have my parents around, and I still... Ask them questions even today, like, hey, you know, what what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And and so I've always had a, a great relationship with my parents, and and there's people that didn't have parents that are are great people also, but but like I just always lean back towards my 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 upbringing to mm-hmm. use some old person term. I was raised that I am better than nobody else. Um, we're all equal, no matter what, we're all the same people, you Mm -hmm. know, and that, and that's how, and that's how I always, when I was in law enforcement, that's how I always tried to treat folks. And, um, you know, there's people that whether they're cops or not, are always into having the power and so then you give them a badge and a gun and a car that goes really fast and then that that mindset goes like it's on steroids yeah this may be a long answer to a an easy question but you know it's just the um, the power trip uh some people can handle it some people can't
0: it's i mean it's a big deal it's a big issue i i have i have some um like updates on uh, John Christopher Hayes, Clark Jr um, mm-hmm. on his, on his case. And I'm going to, I'm going to share that in a minute. And there is something that the Austin police department did um, after he, they found his remains that I think is pretty fishy. And I was going to, I'm going to ask you your opinion on that. But I, I, before I do that, I, I want to know just, just a simple yes or no. Do you think that there is corruption? in police departments yes and i think with the Riyadh hamad case he was he was who we talked about in the first the i think it was part one right jasmine yeah of, of the, the first very episode first
1: yeah
0: or i think that case showed more so than any other uh, any of the other ones that we've we've gone over um how easily the police department can be bought but i just kind of wanted your confirmation on that because look i need reassurance you know, sure. I'm, yeah. I'm very, you. very insecure.
2: Y'all were talking about the, um, the use of the, I don't know what they, if they still call them this or not, but, um, when I was in law enforcement, we called them less than lethal. You know, we had the, the pepper ball guns, the little, there's like oh, a paintball yeah. that was, uh, uh, filled with pepper spray.
0: Oh, yeah, gosh, the beanbag. Bean, bean bags, Yeah. Hmm.
2: You know we had even before we were allowed to carry them and uh, and i was i was part of the swat team here in pampa and so every member of the swat team had to carry them and so before we were allowed to carry them and use them we had to be shot by them so we would oh. know what the effect was Just, i wonder you know did they have that same training or you know or did they forget their training because that's that's something you shouldn't Mm -hmm. you know you get hit with them one time and and you'll know for life what it feels like
0: i mean i'm sure they still do that but i think but when they're being shot at as police officers and training they probably use the guns correctly
1: right where
2: yeah you
0: you know in these cases it seems like they use them incorrectly and that and that's where the power play comes in. Invol you know. Yeah, they're like
1: shooting people in the face and in the in the neck.
2: Yeah. See, yeah. we were we were trained also. You know, center mass. You know, yeah. so you're not shooting them in the face. You're not hitting them in the groin. You know, you, you shoot center mass. Go for the chest, the stomach. Mhm. Go for that area. You know, just a funny. Story real quick, the lieutenant that I was telling y'all about a while ago that was forced into retirement. um They asked him. They said, "Hey, do you wanna do you wanna come out to this training and be shot by one of these?" And he said, "No." Well, you <laughs> can't carry you can't carry one unless you're shot by him. And he's like, "Well, I wasn't shot with my revolver before you handed it over to me, but I'm sure it would hurt too."
0: I don't know what it is. I guess people just get wrapped up in their own ego and they just you know there it's it's a problem with like oh i'm better than you so you're below me and and this is what's going to happen i'm i'm the good guy you're the bad guy kind of thing and
2: exactly it's
0: it's unfortunate is there anything else you want to ask brett about um the drownings or anything jazz uh
1: what is your personal opinion on what's actually happening with the men being found in the water like are you thinking that it could just be accidental or do you believe that they're being drugged or do you believe in the smiley face killer theory i,
2: I kind of believe yeah i don't i don't think it's accidental i don't think it's suicide um i don't i've been going back listening uh to y'all's first season and um um uh very forgetful i almost <laughs> forgot what i was going to say just then that's how forgetful i am <laughs> but, but um i don't remember the man's name but i believe he was one of the first victims found where he was duct tape at his ankles and hands that's, and around his mouth
0: that was Ra- raid hamad yeah he, okay that's yeah he was um, he was a Muslim American, and his he had a he was being investigated by the FBI.
2: Yeah, for the embezzlement, right? Yeah, right. Uh, possibly, supposed,
0: supposed, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, alleged. I've just gone over in my head, and and they they said his was suicide, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. I've been going over in my head trying to think how you duct tape yourself at the ankles hands the mouth you know it's pretty you do it first so it's pretty self-explanatory but Mm -hmm. even your hands you duct tape your hands together okay how are you going to tear the duct tape off
1: right
0: right Uh, if your mouth is already duct taped
2: exactly and so i i just i don't see how they came to that conclusion um that it was a suicide and but i again i'm an outsider looking in um but i kind of i you know i i lean towards the smiley face killer theory
0: it's kind of plain as day i mean yeah. it there's i mean it, yeah how can you have so many sim- similarities and and how can people just i mean obviously i think look you if you want to get if you want to get away with murder you throw somebody in the water okay fine but the thing the strange thing about all the all those cases was that they were downtown and they wandered off and that to me is so fucking nuts and they're all men which is Mm -hmm. which is crazy I don't know if the graffiti ties in. I personally, I don't know. Um, I'm still on the fence about that. It could have just been like some weird coincidence. I don't know, but I do, I do think that there is an underground group. I mean, there's underground pedophile rings that we know of cause we've busted them. So right. if there's exactly. underground pedophile rings, why can there not be an underground serial killer sure.
2: ring? Yeah, Exactly.
0: I mean,
2: it, it wouldn't be the first time, you know, cause, uh, John Wayne Gacy and, um uh, Oh my gosh! I looked up his name last night. Um, he um, was in Houston. Same time, Gacy was in Illinois. The Candyman Killer. His situation was similar to Gacy. Same same age range. Same disposal of body.
1: That's what I'm saying. Ding, That's what I'm saying. Dean Coral.
2: Dean Coral. That's it.
0: That's what I'm saying is like I think that these these this underground group has had to been coached after after hearing what you went through as far as training Mm -hmm. i i'm kind of like i'm kind Mm -hmm. of xing out an ex-cop because it seems like they don't really go through the training as far as forensically right or like the, the knowledge that you would have to have but so i'm thinking i'm thinking that it probably started with somebody who was either a medical examiner or somebody who was going to school for forensics and and if we think that the first two victims of the smiley face killers were in New York City NYU New York University has an extensive forensic program they have all of them all the forensics all every every type every every category is at NYU and if they were a student in NYU it makes sense that they would go for college-aged guys cuz that's their peers I understand why the FBI is not getting involved cuz there's just not enough evidence but I think there would be enough evidence if the fucking police department would do their job <laughs> right <laughs> you know what I mean like oh, yeah. that's yeah that's why this is so important is because it's gonna keep happening Um, in Chicago right now since we ended the ep, since we ended the season there have been two other bodies pulled from the chicago river um really yeah yeah noah enos was the last one that we had covered and and that happened right before Moga Degali, i believe yeah yeah Moga Degali was found in june late june and noah enos was found like early june um so there is a pattern but i i we, uh, i'm busy you know, I'm busy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't
0: have a whiteboard. Um but but circling back to that, I do want to give our listeners a little um update on uh John on John Christopher Hayes Clark, who mm-hmm. who is known by his loved ones as, as just Chris Chris Clark. And mm-hmm. um so if you remember the episode that Jasmine talked about, um Chris Clark he he had a um an ex-wife who lived who still lives in austin and um her name is regan and before we did this special episode i reached out to her last week and i said hey we're going to be doing like a little episode that kind of gives an update if you have any updates on uh chris i would love to like help you on that um and she said sure so this is what she sent me i just would like to say that even though chris death is ruled undetermined i'm still working on on trying to get justice for him Austin police department did not do a thorough investigation due to them being understaffed they did not question anyone around the lake and claim they will never know how he died if anyone has any information it is gladly appreciated um she then went on to tell me that she is working with nelson linder the leader of the naacp which is pretty pretty good
2: yeah i did i saw something about that that's that's awesome
0: Yeah, Um, Nelson Linder did also um, make a statement on Facebook in reference to Regan and her um, attempts to find justice, which is this. The Austin NAACP spends at least 50% of its time assisting families who need support in areas that are unrelated to civil rights. Many of our requests for help are from people who need directions and information. Regan visited our office this morning to discuss a tragic loss of life on April 15th, 2023. Christopher Hayes Clark body was found in Ladybird Lake on that date. Regan is seeking assistance and searching for answers surrounding his death. At this point, there are no leads and too many unresolved questions. Christopher's body was found in the lake near Canterbury and Pleasant Valley. We have reasons to believe that the keys to understanding more about his death might be connected to communicating with the homeless population that frequents the area. His death was reported on local media, and so were other deaths that occurred in the same area. We often utilize our extensive network contacts and our partners locally and statewide to raise the level of awareness in our communities. Christopher is a father of a 12-year-old child, and Regan's goal is to ensure that the investigation pursues every avenue available. Um, now, when I was talking to Regan um, about about Chris's death, she did mention to me that um, the police department, because they were divorced, the police department had his body cremated without her um, consent. Consent yeah and here's what's really interesting and i i would love to know your opinion on this i don't know if you know very much about it but i i feel like you probably do when they cremated chris chris's body they cremated him with all of his belongings that he had on his person so all yeah so his clothes that he was wearing were also incinerated and according to regan from what she'd seen, because they did give her pictures of him when they found him, mm-hmm. he was holding he was holding a tactical mask in mm-hmm. his hand, and they also incinerated right. that as well. Yes, oh, well, they also
2: why keep that? I mean, there may not be no there may not be any DNA evidence or anything on it. <laughs> right, why exactly,
0: keep it? why keep it? Right. right, exactly. So to me, that's pretty fucking fishy.
2: <sighs> that. Is very fishy. I, I mean, we did not have a body cremated um, without family consent, okay. and and so that whole deal right there is fishy. And especially, why would you not bag up his clothes?
1: Right. If it's still under import. investigation.
2: Exactly. Now you have nothing to go back and look at.
0: Right. And that's the thing is that according, I mean, as far as the police department's concerned, there, there is no ongoing in- investigation, which I feel like is pretty, pretty convenient. If, if you have nothing to go on, you know, yeah, that's, you know, that's easy that's, to say, you know, if you, if you destroyed any of the evidence that there could have been.
2: The the advances in DNA they're they are now still identifying bodies that was found in Gacy's house back in the right. 70s, you know. So maybe Austin is now saying it, it's closed, but 20 30 years from now, who's to say somebody couldn't come in and find something? You never right. destroyed it ever,
0: absolutely. And that's what that's what I don't understand. And- well,
1: and I think that they weren't counting on somebody like Regan who. Absolutely. I mean, cause she, cause she went to the lake every day, you know, looking every day. for clues as every day. to what happened. Right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm not,
0: I'm not trying to like, to stir up anything, but like, it makes you wonder what's what's um, really happening, you know.
2: I'm getting, um, getting mad sitting here hearing about all this. You know, it's like yeah, unbelievable how horrible is. people treat each other and we got to start doing a better job.
0: I know. I agree. Um, well, I think that, I think that's pretty much, I think we covered pretty much everything that, that I wanted to cover. Do you feel satisfied? Jasmine?
1: I feel very satisfied. (laughs) Well, let me light up a cigarette. (laughs) 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 Um,
0: okay. I do want to do some updates about some of the missing people that we had in Austin. Um, that we've went over in past episodes in season one. Um, there have been two people that have been located safe. Wonderful.
1: Um,
0: Yeah. Which is, Hey, that's always great. Um, so the first one is Curtis three, Wee shilling the third, he was located safe and he is, uh, he's doing okay. Good. And then, yeah. And then the second one was, um, Anna Zandra Harris. She was reported missing. I think, uh, July 30th and she has been found safe as well. So, awesome. Yay, good job you guys. Um as far as season 2 for Nosy Nancy's, look, we're trying our darndest
1: <laughs> to get it going. We've got several ho- things in the works. We're just duking it out over how to do it.
0: Because it's we I I think our format with season one worked so well. We want to keep that f- format going. You know what I mean?
1: Um, But it's hard.
0: <laughs> it's not the same. It's, it's not the same subject. So. We're doing
1: a different subject. We're just discussing it. We got a few things that we're kind of kicking around. Yeah, We're just trying to figure out how best to do it. So we are hoping,
0: we're crossing our titties, that we're going to be we're gonna be releasing season <laughs> season two first episode around October twenty seventh, but we're realistic, so it probably will be
1: more towards November third, right? So we is that most what we likely, said? most likely, but we'll see. Yeah, maybe we can, yeah. maybe we can come up with a with a something.
0: <laughs> hey, Brett, thanks, thanks so much for uh, for coming on and, and talking to us about all this
1: crazy stuff. Yeah, we really um, appreciate it.
2: It, it was an honor. I uh, I love y'all's podcast. I love the awareness y'all are bringing to this uh, situation. Y'all keep it up. Y'all are doing amazing. Thank,
1: Thank you. you. Thank you, you so much. And go check out Brett's podcast, Hard Lessons, True Crime, and Paranormal Podcast. It's on Spotify, right?
2: Yes, ma'am. Uh, Spotify, iHeart, um, Google Podcast, and Amazon.
1: All right, so yeah, no excuses. Go check it out. It's everywhere. Go check yeah, it out, and y'all,
0: y'all drop an episode every week, right?
2: Yes, ma'am. Yeah, every Sunday.
0: All right. Well, hey, I'm I gotta go. I gotta, I got some some people to to do and some places to see.
1: Well, we're but. fucking busy too. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take a nap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey. So next season is dropping whenever we said. So stay tuned. <laughs> Ciao.